And we are super psyched to welcome our newest sponsor, Thunder Road Guitars. Thunder Road Guitars is the Pacific Northwest best source for premium, new, used, and vintage guitars, amplifiers, and pedals. Online or in their Seattle, that's West Seattle, or Portland stores. You'll find fantastic customer service and a terrific vibe. I know because I'm in there a lot. Grab a cup of coffee, swing on in, don't spill your coffee, and check it all out. And now if you use code TOURSTORIES10, you can get 10% off at thunderroadguitars.com. Yes, that's me playing guitar. Hello, big news from our friends over at DistroKid. They now have an app. This app works on iOS and Android, of course, and it's available in the Apple Store and Google Play Stores and all the stores where you buy apps. Go check it out. It's got a lot of cool features. You can upload new releases. You can get notified when you've earned royalties. Awesome. You can withdraw from the app via push notifications. A little dangerous for me, but rad. Anyways, go check it out. It's all at distrokid.com app. And don't forget, you can still get 30% off your DistroKid account by going to distrokid.com VIP slash tour stories. Have a great one. We continue to celebrate our friends and partners over at Isotope, and we got some big news for you. The gold standard of audio repair, RX11, is coming in May. In the meantime, you can buy RX10 now on sale and get RX11 absolutely free when it's released. Tour Story listeners get 10% off by using code FRET10. That's F-R-E-T-1-0. All at isotope.com. That's I-Z-O-T-O-P-E dot com. Hey Gary, how's it going? Hey Joe Plumdog, I'm all right. Man, I haven't heard that in a long time. You know, that's the, the Plumdog or Plum, what was the other? Oh, I don't want to say what the other one was. Okay. Well, where are you? I'm in my basement. I'm back home in Portland. North Tabor neighborhood, near Montevilla. You know the place. Yeah, I almost moved to Montevilla. How are you doing? How is Portland right now? I only got back like two days ago, still kind of jet lagged. And like, it, it's, it's strange because it's such an unusual experience to be in the same place in stasis for like, what, eight months and then go overseas back to your family who have been worrying about you for all that time and then being so busy and working and not being able to see them really because of social distancing laws and then flying back to the place where you were in stasis and just resume in stasis. I, I went to the UK to work and launch this record, but it almost felt like a vacation back to some semblance of normality and then coming back to like kind of nothingness, really resuming a routine of of nothing and, and, yeah. and a, quite a regimented ru- ru- routine of it. So, And what has that routine been over the last eight months? What's a day... What's that day look like for you? I can completely break it down for you. And I haven't had any preparation on this, but I can break it down for you because I'm so adjusted to it. So wake up usually around eight, spend a little bit of time trying to convince myself why I should get up, which I'm, I know sounds pretty teenage and dramatic, but I mean, that's true. Like I wake up and be like, I guess I better get up, mm-hmm. get up, 
while I take a shower, Joanna will get up and make coffee and put cable news on, and then I'll get out of the shower and watch cable news until I feel like I can't handle it anymore. And then it used to be that I had my beloved pet Gracie and and she her enthusiasm and joie de vivre would 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 get me out of the house and we would go for a nice hike and then I would come home and watch cable news for a while and maybe potter around in the basement mm-hmm. and I would box I have a boxing gym in my basement I'll box 12 rounds 12 three minute rounds the minute in between each so that's like best part of an hour how did you box 12 rounds by yourself well it just on the bag it, so like what it would be i would set up a interval timer mm-hmm. like warm up and then do like uh 12 rounds on the bag or like some some of the rounds i would do like on car strength work or footwork or something like that it's funny because like I, i've been boxing since 2012 but this it's it's so weird what the lockdown did to me because it's like it became like a coping mechanism, like to, to burn off some energy, but also to take my mind off things. And like, and the routine element of it was important. It's almost like I went into a training camp because like 12, three minute rounds is the full length of a fight, you know? And during the lockdown, I've never ever been as fit as what I was, you know, because it was just, it was just something to do. And it became part of my everyday routine. And I, you know, I love it as well. It's like a real passion for me, but I got to the point where I was like, essentially doing a full training camp without intending on doing it. And then once that would be done, I would have dinner and then I would usually go out and take Gracie out on a night um, for a walk. But unfortunately, a lot, we lost Gracie. She she passed away in in, in June and it was just like ex, extremely brutal. Like it just, that was the darkest part of lockdown really because like I lost her and I realized like how much her, enthusiasm and goofiness like kept me going and then like she got me out of the house twice a day because otherwise I wouldn't do it so I suffered like for the first month I was just like I didn't really know what to do with myself I wasn't getting out of the house and then I started going on the walks that me and Gracie went on again just Mm -hmm. because I needed to get out I was like a real bereaved widow you know I was just kind of like following in those footsteps and being like oh this place reminds me of her. And then Joanna was like, that's just not healthy. You've got to get a new uh, hobby. So I've sort of been doing a little cycling. Not, I'm not so great at it, but it gets me out of the house. Yeah. And that's it. I mean, what I've just said, it, same shit every day, you know? Well, I'm sorry to hear about Gracie. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and obviously this was all heightened by the pandemic and the lockdown, the psychology of it. And it was shortly after she died that the, we, we got the wildfire smoke here as well. So they were li- literally very dark days and like couldn't go outside either, which I think not being able to go outside was, yeah, it's been fucking what a year, man. You know? Yeah. Were you in Portland for the protests and the marches? Yeah. And again, that was something else that was like, you know, it, it exacerbated the uh, feeling of just like everything being so unprecedented in, in a lot of ways, like the, general unrest really um yeah i i took a i took a ride downtown one one day on the bike on my own and it was like uh during the day downtown was pretty desolate you know and obviously Mm -hmm. they had to board everything up and 
really it was, it was so strange to see portland that quiet downtown ever since i moved here in 2006 i've pretty much just been on the east side most of the time it's not much for me downtown but it was weird going down there and like it just felt like they were just like the days were just so pregnant in in the fact that that was going to happen again that night and they're just like so downtown would be so quiet it was, it was just it was really it was really unusual yeah so you you were there at nighttime for some of the protests or no no i wasn't no um basically because i mean if i'm completely honest as an immigrant like i just have to keep out of fucking trouble you know yeah. all there is to it and, and not that i think that I, I know that it sounds like it might sound to some people like like i would be worrying over nothing but this is such an unprecedented scenario that's been playing out politically that i was like i just felt like i would be really tempting fate by like being anywhere near anything that was like whether there was any chance that that would occur because it's like you know my my residency status depends on me not getting any in any fucking trouble and it's just yeah. like yeah it, it, that's that's one of the things about this recent administration is just like a, even though i've never done anything wrong i've always felt kind of on edge because it's like you just don't know what the rules are gonna be all of a sudden it's like oh you can't come back you can't you know you won't be able to come back or like um i felt cowed by it if i'm if i'm totally frank yeah particularly in portland it was swarming with federal agents absolutely and police. Yeah. i mean if one of those i don't want to call them morons because i think they're probably less of a moron than the moron that was formerly our president um those guys if they wanted to please anyone and caught you and realized that you were an immigrant who knows what the fuck they would have done you could have been a trophy like that for them Right. Yeah. And uh, yeah. And, and, you know, I, I, I didn't like to think of myself as being exceptional or anything, but it's just like I did. I was always aware that if I if I get busted for anything, even if I'm not really doing anything wrong, like the, the, these times were so, so heightened. And so and I, I know I know this all sounds really like lame, but it's just I just had to keep keep out of stuff, which is just an unusual feeling to, to have, you know. Yeah. Who knows what could have happened to you and. Portland's your home. Right, yeah. I have to say it was nice to be in the UK for, for a brief period. And I normally don't feel like that, but... Yeah, where um, were you in the UK? Just just in Wakefield the whole time. I, I managed to get to the UK just as the, just as the UK went into full lockdown, which was... Yeah. We, and we happened to release our album during a period of time when the UK was in full lockdown and every non-essential business was closed, so possibly the worst week of the year to release it <laughs> and, that, and that flew in and was just like that's it i just have to i, I was living in ross's garage you know because i had to we had to form a bubble with ross and his family and yeah. so i i was living in his garage which was like and we i had to quarantine 14 days when i got there mm -hmm. and so i'm like and i played one show and it was a a live stream so right. it's definitely not that's definitely not really sustainable but we had we you know we're dedicated we did whatever we could do we, we tried our best you did um well amongst all of this pandemic election protest all of this news that's crazy largely bad news over the past eight months have you done watched read 
anything silly? Do you are you watching any stupid shows? Do you know, like I have to say, I rewatched, I rewatched Peep Show. Do you know that TV show, Peep Show? I think so. I Do you, know, you got to watch Peep Show because it's like, in my opinion, uh-huh. and I, and I, and I said because I said I rewatched it, and I, I feel like I can rewatch it anytime. In my opinion, it is the best British comedy of all time and i know that that's coming from a rich theme so it might sound hyperbolic <laughs> yeah. but i don't think there's anything that's as good it's like the the episodes are relatively short it's funny and witty and it's like it's really easy watching it's kind of like it's it's a good thing uh, the reason why i rewatched it is because during a period of time where everything's so dark it's like it, it was such a familiar kind of like not not reassuring but such a familiar kind of like uh makes me feel good you know it's like it's really it's really funny you should you should watch it you'll like okay it. i'll watch it as soon as i finish my grateful dead documentary i will watch <laughs> i need something funny to watch um did you have touring scheduled in 2020 and 21 well we were embroiled in a in a battle to get our catalog back which which took us off the road. Like so my last gigs were like remember in twenty eighteen in, in summer when we played with Foo Fighters and uh you told Nate to come say hi. That was that was my last show. So that's be, so we we came off the road and we started trying to work diligently on getting our catalogue back. It took us off the road for twenty eighteen, took we couldn't do anything in twenty nineteen. We were so busy and so focused on like the resolution of this. Anyway, it got sorted out in February. So I flew to the UK in February 2020 and signed the deal and got everything sorted out. And I was me and me and my brothers, we were just like, man, this is like 2020 is gonna be awesome. It's gonna be so much better than 2019. Honestly, February 2020 was like a blissful month for me. Um I'd finally managed to purge myself of 18 months, two years of like heavy burden of like this legal stuff. And it, that was all gone, and it just felt really awesome. So then, when everything closed down, honestly, man, it's like I felt so. I, at first, it was like I was in that those phases of grief where I was like refusing to accept it. I was like, this can't be, this can't be going on for that long. And then eventually, like the reality, you know, sort of settled in. So, um, so yeah, like to your point, um, we signed the deal in February, and we, we decided we we're going to release the record in September. And we were going to tour in September. Everything was really well planned. And then we pushed the release date back to November. And then, which happened to be like, I mean, what a fuck up. Like we, we chose the release date in February. <laughs> and, and it happened to be the two weeks of the year that like literally all the record shops in the UK were closed. Um, oh <laughs> so, and, the, and the touring obviously got pushed back too. So the touring's been pushed back to June of 2021 which seemed like forever yeah. at the time. And now it's just like, oh man, I hope that's going to be okay. I mean, fingers crossed, I think it will be okay, but who knows? Will it start in the UK? Yeah, we have, it's cool actually. It should be cool. Like we've got some, uh, we're doing the roundhouse and then some like big regional theaters. And then we've got a show in uh, Halifax, which is relatively near Wakefield and Leeds. And it's like a big outdoor show at like a on like the grounds of like a beautiful old uh stately home kind of a hall you know it's mm-hmm. called the peace hall mm-hmm. i think it's like 
So just a big outdoor courtyard that's, that's going to be a headline shows. So it's the kind of thing that's like, it should be really awesome. Like, I just really hope it comes off. Yeah. Am I playing guitar this time? Oh, I, I wish. You've still got your Jagstang, right? Yes, I do. It's cool. Yeah, it's ready. It works. Does it? Yeah. So I can learn the parts. Just, yeah. It's been a long come. time coming, Joe. I, I know. I can't wait. 15 years. Yes. <laughs> we um, got the we got the wrong member of Modest Mouse. No, I'm only <laughs> Well, what I mean you is did. We, you did. Yeah, you, you got the yeah, yeah. That's fair to say the wrong. It's not <laughs> not the bad member, just the I, wrong member. No, no. I don't mean. I mean no disrespect. I just mean you were the one who we've been. You were the one who we've been saying we were going to do it with. Yeah, that's, yeah. That's my point. Yeah, and then Mar took my job. Did snake. Um. <laughs> All right. Well, hey, instead of seeing you anytime really soon, but hopefully in the near future, I want to play Running Into You off of Night Network. Does that sound good? That sounds good. All right. Here it goes. My thoughts stay with you in the web. Body's gone. When I'm loose enough to let him out, I'm right back there in your roll house. Find me on the back.
I think that's my this is currently my favorite song on the record. That or um Neon Night. In the, in the Neon Night. In the Neon Night, sorry. Cool. Um, man. Well, I'm glad you liked that one. That, that one was a single. So like uh you know, it's kind of one of the for for us, like we kind of we we were pretty easy about like what what songs got used as yeah. singles from the record. We were just like for the first time, we were just sort of indifferent, like just use whichever ones you want. But it's nice to get the perspective that that was one that stood out to you. Yeah. When did you make that record? It was April May 2019. We went to um, Foo Fighters Studio 606. Oh, that's right. I forgot. That was awesome. You, you know all those guys, right? You know Alistair. Um, yeah, I met him, and we talked a lot about you guys. All those, all those Foo Fighters guys. I mean, you know, uh, band members included, obviously, but like all those guys who work down at Six or Six are just like rad people, and like um, we got looked after so well. It was like it was an amazing experience, really, because it was like you know just to just to be welcomed in and to like have access to all that kind of stuff and. It's a private studio and stuff, so it's like just like just stuff like oh, um, Taylor Hawkins has Roger Taylor's snare drum, like and <laughs> yeah, you can use it if you want, man. Like come, you know, we were talking yeah. with Taylor a lot about Queen. He's like a big fan, like we are. It's like oh yeah, you know, like it was a fun experience. It's exactly what we needed at that time of our lives because we were just so focused on like trying to get through all this like shit, and then to have a nice experience and to like be around positive people that was cool right have you been listening to anything on repeat in your house um you know the last record i got was the sam coombs record like he put out an album this year like it must have been right before the start of uh lockdown because like sam came and hand delivered it and so like so it must have been at a time when you know you could still do stuff like that but yeah he put out a record called true death which is like you know classic kind of like sam morbidity sort of vibe but i remember like i, I first got around to listening to it just right after lockdown started and i was like I, I sort of got into edibles recently and i was like stoned on these edibles listening to this like creepy kind of like you know the his songs have got like that sort of some of them have got this kind of like fever dream kind of vibe and like and creepy sort of ominous and then like cartoonish like you know like all the classic sort of like hallmarks we sing and like being stoned and just being like man this is the early days of the pandemic and you just don't really you've never experienced anything like that before i was like it was just the weirdest music to be listening to at a time like that and I, i'm sure he didn't time it like he had yeah he, he had no idea that was going to happen obviously but it's like that's i'm gonna try it <laughs> i wouldn't rec- i wouldn't recommend i'd recommend the album but i wouldn't recommend like you know, <laughs> trying to trying to break your brain like that <laughs> um well before i go um i want to ask you one more question okay do you have any advice for people to get through all this stuff or what do you do when things are dark yeah um well Honestly, like on a, on a very basic level, boxing's been incredibly important to me. Like just in general, in my in my life for the past few years, it's like it, it's good for me because it, it's so all encompassing. It takes my mind off everything, and that's that's the thing that's important. Like I have a bad habit of like getting really focused on something, and like and I can't break the spiral of that. And that's mm-hmm. why that's why I never used to like running. Johnny used to like uh, 
you know, he used to really like run in and he would try and get me to go with him, but I couldn't do it because I was just, it didn't, my mind would be on still like on the problems that I had. Whereas like if I do something that's like really overwhelming, like that takes my entire focus, like boxing, it, it really, it really helps me break that spiral. And I think that just in general, breaking that is, is important. Like no matter what it is, like, you know, I think I'm my own worst enemy. And I think a lot of people I know, particularly creative people as well, like um, they become their own worst enemy, because if you're working on a project, a hallmark of it is you have to like focus on it 100% and become like borderline obsessed with it. And I mm-hmm. think that like that has like been something I've carried into my everyday life. So it's like things that trouble me, I become fixated on and, and obsessed with. And that's why the, the, the legal things that we went through the last couple of years were so mentally hard for me because I couldn't I couldn't switch off from it. I couldn't live outside of that, outside of that problem. And so like having something that resets your brain, which takes you away from that and makes it so you can't think of anything else, is really good. So it's like boxing was really good for me. Like that's that's particular to me but it's because it, I, I can't focus on anything else when you're doing something it's so difficult you can't focus on anything else but yeah it's just a case of trying to break the um spiral and and, and it's easier said than done but if you find one thing that helps it's like it really makes a difference mm-hmm. finding something to focus on yeah <laughs> yeah cool well um again great talking to you i hope to see you soon um yeah let's see each other in portland yeah in the next four months all right man all right take care see ya bye goodbye to